I can keep an eye on The street below Alfred says I have trouble With intimacy But people often die When they get close to me I'm kicking and punching Welcome, folks, to another edition yeah, of Batman and Robin Eternal, presented by the DC Freakly. That's probably not the real name of the show, but we we kind of just go with roll of the punches around here. So um, I am jo- I'm Brian. As always, I'm joined by Vince and Zach. We are going to be talking about Batman and Robin Eternal number sixteen. If you haven't read the issue yet, stop what you're doing, go read it, and then come back and check this out. This issue was scripted by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. And illustrated by a trio of artists, Andrea Moody, Roger Robinson, and Goran Suzuka. I apologize for the pronunciation of Suzuka. I'm sure it's not correct. Um, all right, so this issue begins in Cairo several years ago, and we see Batman and Robin fighting the Scarecrow. This was alluded at a few weeks ago, where Scarecrow essentially says, I will help you out take down mother and I will go to Arkham gladly. And so Robin is attempting to get, um, to apprehend the scarecrow. He and Batman take him down. Batman tells him, I was just joshing before you're an excellent partner. And then, um, Dick takes him back to Gotham. We then go into the depths of the city of Knossos in the chapel of St. Dumas. And we have um, Asriel is kind of in a weird cocoon thing that kind of looks like the thing that Dana Barrett gets trapped in at the end of Ghostbusters. Uh, like when the, when the dog thing she's in burns up with that husk, kind of looks like that. Uh, we also have Red Hood, and he is um, Sans Hood, and he is like suspended in air. And St. Dumas is talking about... Um, you know, sort of what what goes into the creations of the children that he makes for mother. And then we get a, a sneak peek inside of Jason's ongoing battle with the Joker that is happening in his head. Essentially, mother makes people encounter their greatest fear and get over the fear. And um, Tim quickly realizes that this is a bad thing for Jason to be going through. And so as he is about to try and stop him, Asriel breaks out of the shell thing and uh, with a flaming sword tries to take down St. Dumas. So at this time we see uh, Tim trying to save Jason, trying to get inside Jason's head and essentially help him to not kill the Joker in his vision, but remember what it felt like to die, to be terrified, to hold on to that fear. And eventually he, uh, I I know I'm skipping over a lot here, but I don't think we have to go into the exact specifics of this, but Tim says to him, you're a Robin, and sort of giving him this identity outside of just being the Robin that died helps Jason wake up, and he says that he's... uh, we see we can see this maybe as a turning point for Jason's character. He says that, you know, he hasn't been a right for a long time, but he's finally ready to try. And so maybe this will mean a less broody uh, Jason Todd going forward. That remains to be seen. But so then Asriel, Jason, and Tim uh, take down as many of the monks, or I don't know exactly what the term is for the 
the followers of St. Dumas and uh, Azriel essentially blows up the place and uh, goes down with the ship, letting Jason and Tim escape. Uh, when we look back, we do see Azriel is still left on that uh, on the island. It looks like everything else is destroyed, but he has survived. I'm sure we will see him again. And then the issue ends with um, Jason and Tim flying away. And then we get a flashback to Cairo. And we see Batman picking up a gun, walking towards the pyramids. And then we hear, bang. Uh, did I miss anything in the issue? No, I don't think so. Good job, Brian. Thank you. So what did you guys think? Well, first of all, Vince, we missed you last week. You had sent me a text that I couldn't interpret last week. (laughs) You sent me a picture of a screen grab of David Bowie from the Lazarus video, and I didn't know if that meant you you enjoyed last week or you didn't enjoy last week. So just fill us in briefly as if you enjoyed last week's issue or not. Um, I actually didn't, and I listened to you guys talk about it. And I kind of wish I would have been able to get in on the episode then because I think I had a lot more problems with it than you guys did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought the pacing was all off, and I thought, like, like where is this coming from, this, like, weird fight with Azrael? And, like, it just seemed like everything was coming to a head, like, more or less out of nowhere on this side of the story. And... And then for it to end with, for it to end with like another image of the Joker with the crowbar, like I just felt like we we've been down that road so many times. You know, it's not yes, it's not a compelling thing to end on anymore. Um, uh, but I don't know, maybe it was just something in the air that week or something because I I I didn't really dig that issue. I thought it was a step down from like all the other issues that came before. But now this issue kind of made up for it for me. Um, I actually enjoyed how everything ended up playing out. I just really was kind of confused last week. And like, to me, it felt really like hastened and sloppy. And I, I mean, I, I won't, we won't go back and like dissect it or anything. You guys did a good job of that. I, mean, but... I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh huh. I think that part of the issue with a weekly comic is the pacing. To me, always feels off. Um. Yeah, I mean, you just you get some of those issues that are just so perfect that it's like, why can't it be like this every week? You know, but I guess it can't. Um, I guess it just can't. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and I I feel like I kind of like tried to touch on that a little bit with like how like disoriented I was with the first few pages, how you just kind of like dumped into it. I don't feel like there's a lot of context for what's going on. Yeah, so. I think I think I just fell off at that point and I never recovered. Like it it kind of soured me on the whole on the whole issue, but but then this issue I think was much better, and I actually like how the Stuff with the Joker resolved for the most part, and, uh, and really, because I see, I kind of feel like it was a weird message. Um, I don't know, like 
like just hearing you describe it during in the recap, Brian, like the whole like thing where he has to like experience death and give in to fear and I don't know, it's kind of a weird message that I didn't quite totally think like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I think it was mostly a case of like maybe they came into the story with hey we need to do something with Jason and you know this like I feel like for a while they've been trying to fix Jason sure I think this is almost kind of the that way out for him whether they like take advantage of it or 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 not but it seems like that's the obvious intent um but I feel like if if the if the solution to doing something with Jason is just constantly referencing his death they're never going to do anything with Jason well, I feel like maybe this is like the intent of this seems like it was to maybe be like, you know, the one last time. The final word on that. Yeah. 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 That's fair, I guess. Um, well, let's get back to this issue then for a second. So a good bit of this issue is spent in Jason Todd's psyche. Um, Vince, we did comment. We liked Jason's red mask last week. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Well, it's better than whatever the hell he's been wearing up to this point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, okay. Uh, but so we, we spent a good bit of time in, in his psyche. I think it's a little bit weird that, like, I definitely agree that I sort of, the underlying principle of this is, you know, okay, what makes Batman Batman? Batman's parents dying made him Batman. So you can't have Batman if his parents are totally fine so i understand why like jason has to he has to have something to fight for uh to, to, to crib a line from the avengers like he he has to have something to avenge right he has to have something that would um that, that would drive him going forward but doesn't it seem a little bit like odd to make him focus on the moment of his death a little bit masochistic yeah, but I think that's like what else does the average comic reader know about Jason Todd? You know, see, does he have any other defining moments? I would totally uh, have him the the hubcaps or the tires or whatever off the Batmobile. Batmobile yeah, I would have him work in a nine hundred number, like switching room, like a nine hundred number operator. <laughs> but that's just me. Okay. I get it. (laughs) If you're going to reference his death at the hands of the Joker, at least make it a meta reference. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, Yeah, I guess. Um, I have more to say about that, but I'm going to save that for my one thing. Okay. Um, I said this to Zach last week, and I continue to feel it. I feel like it's so weird to have a Batman comic with Bruce as Batman where I completely don't trust Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird how much they clearly want to make you feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like everything (laughs) – so I I don't know how how familiar you are with the movie Rushmore – but I feel like Bruce telling Dick you're an excellent partner is like when I forget his name, but like um, the young blonde kid who's friends with uh, with Jason Schwartzman writes him that letter, and he's like, "Because you're such an excellent friend." Like it's a very, very sarcastic uh, 
impl- implication behind the line. It's just it's it's so it's so jarring to me to be reading this book and to be clearly rooting against Bruce. I, I don't dislike it. I, I think it's a bold choice. I just I it, it's very disconcerting. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about the three different artists doing work here? Um, I, I didn't think it was that great. Um, I mean, I guess it was, it was, it was as workmanlike as this comic has ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, would you, you agree, know, I, Zach? Uh, yeah, I would. And like, if it hadn't been for the page breakdowns at the beginning, like I sadly probably wouldn't have been able to tell who had done which pages, um, which, you know, some of the blame might be like on me for that as well. But, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, it's, I feel like that's kind of what you get when, when you have that many people working, especially on a weekly book. Um, it kind of just is what it is. Yeah, what I was going to say is that I feel like if you hadn't told me it was three different artists when I was reading it, I might not have noticed. I mean, now you go back and you can kind of see the differences. But I feel like none of the three artists necessarily had a uh, a, di- a different enough tone from the other to make it all that jarring. I just wish that they would have one artist do these books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's – I've been saying yeah. that for a long time, I guess. And I don't think this was any of these artists' strongest work either. I mean, no. we saw Roger Robinson earlier in this series, I think, and I remember thinking it was it was much better than this. So I think this was um, – I, I always hate to say this because, um, you know, what do I know? And I'm not nearly as talented as any of these artists, but, like, it, it did feel – more rushed. Oh, I hate that word, but mm-hmm. I mean, it really did feel more rushed than any of the other issues. What's so piece. What's so weird is like so. Uh, Goren Suzuka does two pages that are just in the middle of the issue, and I counted them out. I'm holding the physical copy in my hand, so I counted out the pages they're talking about, and it's not like there needs to be any, like, it's not like that's a specific scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just it's just in the middle. I don't know if there was a major plot point that was changed that had to re- re-illustrate parts of it, but it just seems to me to be very uh, indicative of the problem. Yeah. With the book. It's just, hey, do these, do these two pages. We need somebody to do that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um. Uh, I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was Asriel's role going forward. Where do you guys think we're going to see him again? Uh, probably uh, Multiversity 2. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind that. I don't know. He's, you know, made a lot, had a lot of um, talk about metaphysics and multiverses and all he that did, yeah he yeah yeah that's a really good point i don't know man i i i could kind of see i kind of think if they 
if they're doubling down on this, making the fringes of the Bat family interesting, I could see an Asriel miniseries coming at the end of the year. I could see a miniseries. I think it's most likely he'll show up in Grayson if he shows up anywhere. That's a fair point, too. Um, Especially because the guys who wrote this issue apparently are taking over Grayson, at least temporarily. Temporarily, yeah. Because I think I saw uh, King... King or Sealy one tweeted um, either either yesterday or today, basically that the break was so that they could um, get stuff ready for other things that are coming later. I'm pretty sure that we're seeing a lot of these fill-ins because all or most of the books are ending with issue fifty-two. You think so? Yeah, or at least getting getting relaunched with new mm-hmm. creative teams or whatever. So you know, much like at the end of the pre-Flashpoint universe. When like every major creator walked off their book, yeah, uh, I mm-hmm. think we're seeing something very similar to that. Well, we'll know next month. We will. We'll know this time. Crazy times. It is. <laughs> it is crazy times. So, uh, what are your one things, guys? Um. Well, my my one thing was. Well, let's go back to Jason Todd for a second. Um. It's been a common complaint among. Ardent DC fans, um, and it's a complaint that I agree with pretty strongly that DC continues to put Jason Todd in everything and doesn't seem to want to commit to one direction for him. You know, um, in his own book, he can come off like a rogue. Um, that's totally okay with killing, or I guess, I don't know, maybe, what, what, is that right, or am I like... No, I think that's, I, 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 I don't know if he's totally okay with it, but he's certainly more okay with it than, like, the other Bat family members are. Yeah, and then, but then when he's in a Bat family book, they try to make him all brothery with the rest of the Robins, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't necessarily fit his character, but I wouldn't mind it so much if they just pushed forward in that direction, you know, they seem to, for the longest time, like ever since Judd Winnick stopped writing him, they seem to straddle this line with him where they can't decide if he's an anti-hero or a hero or a villain or what he is, you know, mm-hmm. or like, a, or like an assassin for hire or a mercenary or whatever. And w- what I want to know is my, my one thing is, this issue could be a major turning point for him, but we've said that before. Yeah. Like I feel like we've had moments like that before with him. So do you guys think there's any chance that sort of this realization he has about how he hasn't been a good person, do, do you have any hope that that is anything that someone's going to move forward with and make an honest attempt at pushing his character forward, or is it just another bit of faux character development that doesn't ever really stick? Well, it's all in Scott Lobdell's hands now. So. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say, is that L- Lobdell is the one who's writing him in the solo book, The Red Hood and Arsenal. Okay, and- but when that gets canceled, because everything's getting canceled at 52... Let's let's just pretend that that everything is getting sort of 
going to run its course for issue 52. Like when they when they quote unquote relaunch things, are they going to make an honest effort to move Jason Todd forward? I don't think it benefits the bottom line to do that. No. And I, I don't I don't like that answer. I think it benefits the comics to do that, mm-hmm. but I think it benefits the bottom line to have all the Robins be be different enough to lazily explain them away. <laughs> and I feel like Dick is the original Robin, Tim is the detective Robin, like the cyber detective Robin, Damien's the son of Batman, and Jason's the undead angry Robin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it just doesn't make sense for them to change that too much. Would I like it? Yes, I would. Um, but I feel like, I mean, this is like the, the Roy Harper thing, right? Before the New 52, they tried to make Roy Harper interesting, and they fucked it up so badly, the New 52 just brought him right back to where he used to be. I feel like if if they did try with Jason Todd and it didn't work, it would just wind up being... Uh, it would just want to be retconned out again. Sure. Yeah, this, I don't know. I, this kind of like emotional experience is like in an, in a weekly book is not the kind of thing that I would call like concrete or lasting. Unfortunately, you know, if it was in like a big event book and it was like some kind of like life changing event, then that spawned, you know, an ongoing series out of it afterward. Then, <sighs> then you know, then we'd be talking. But you're so yeah. right, aren't you? Like, in order to get in order to get change like this, there really does need to be like a six issue mini mini series dedicated mm-hmm. to just doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. Like, it took Forever Evil to get like this to get Grayson, you know? Yeah, to, something like that. Um, and then it took Grayson less than twelve issues to get him back. It's people knowing he's alive. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. Change in comics isn't—it's uh, not an easy thing. No. Uh, Zach, what's your one thing? I don't really have like a real one thing. Okay. Um, my like silly one thing is there's a page um, towards the end of the issue. It's on the top page. Um, it has like uh, Jason in the middle, and then Asriel and Tim kind of like flanking them, and they're, yeah. they're looking all heroic. But at the bottom of the page, I I secretly think that uh, DC got John Romita Jr. to draw Asriel doing the Superman <laughs> super flare. Yeah, and then just put a, a sword in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good call. It looks exactly like it. Yes, it does. And Jason has never looked more like the Red Skull than he does at the top of that page. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't have a great one thing either. My one thing, and I blew it during my introduction, was going to be that Asriel's weird cake thing he's trapped in looked like the thing from (laughs) Ghostbusters, but I I totally blew that. Um, In general, I, I, I wanted to just say how... I, I feel like the there's been nothing in Batman and Robin Eternal that I really haven't liked yet. There's been moments that were that were less great than others, but overall I've really enjoyed the weekly series. And these last two issues, while there was nothing inherently wrong with them, 
I felt like they were rushed even for a weekly and I feel like I'm I'm losing it's been a couple of weeks since I've been blown away by an issue let's put it that way mm-hmm. and I'm I'm starting to lose momentum a little bit I don't know if you guys agree with that or not Yeah kind of I don't know I that I think it was Right before this little mini arc, didn't we have that issue that Marcio Takara drew? Oh yes. Oh, that feels like forever ago. I know. I know it does. That's the that's the weird thing with with the weekly books is I think sometimes it feels a lot, lot longer between issues than it actually is. I don't know if we're just like trained to think um, you know, one month between books. Or I don't I don't know, but I agree, yeah, it does feel longer. Yeah. Oh, but I think, what, we have like 10 issues left? Yeah, exactly 10 issues left. I don't know. <laughs> Did Bruce do it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, can we quick, before we end the show, can we click, quickly like run down what, mysteries we have left because now we kind of realize what involvement scarecrow had mm-hmm. we understand more about the quote-unquote program they were using to influence these children yes i mean basically what's left like whether whether bruce was actually trying to get a kid for himself or not mm-hmm. yes and whether he actually kills that couple whether he actually kills that couple, which is just, what could that be? I, I yeah. <laughs> and then I, so, I guess and then the list, the list, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That's a big one. I feel like <laughs> this is just speculation, but I feel like we're not going to get a good answer for that list. That just feels like something to me that they're just not going to address again. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> oh god, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> like it, I don't know. It, uh, I feel like I couldn't. I feel like I couldn't possibly be right. But then again, like they don't seem real concerned about. I don't know. There's ten. Issues I think. Left. It, I think it'll come back in the last issue, and then. You think so? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Do you think it's just going to be something as banal as like Batman's Christmas card list? Probably. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the only that's the only thing I can think of. It's because he's it, he's the common denominator, right? So he's the guy that knows all those people. It's gonna be it's gonna be the list that that um, James uh, Tynan was using to keep track of who was going to be in this book and he accidentally <laughs> overlaid it on a page and faxed it like that so it looked like all these names were around the computer at what point did he time travel to get a fax machine <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> well thanks for listening to maybe our loopiest episode yet guys um, you can check us out each and every week at multiversitycomics.com. You can, of course, check out all of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. I am at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. And I'm at SirFox89. I've been trying to stay off Twitter 
because I'm still sick and taking lots of good meds. So that's like the best reason to go on Twitter. I don't. I just. It's safer that way. I have to. <laughs> there are probably like school officials who monitor my Twitter account. So oh, then I'm sorry when I've ever I've tweeted at you. <laughs> <laughs> I always just blame it on the Ambien. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start taking more drugs so I can start blaming it on things. Yeah. Oh, man. Although, to be fair, in a few weeks, I can blame it on sleep deprivation from having a new baby. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that, that is a good excuse. Yeah, it really is. All right. Good night, guys. I don't-